Tartar resistance. Yesuge's nine followers were still with him, protecting their Han as they had been sworn to from birth. He knew they were there without looking, guarding his back. He saw their presence in the way the Tartar captain's eyes flickered to each side of him. He would be seeing his death in their flat, grinning faces. Perhaps he had also become aware of all the bodies around him, stiff with arrows. The raid had been crushed. Yesuge was pleased when the Tartar rose in his stirrups and pointed a long red blade at him. There was no fear in the eyes, only anger and disappointment that the day had come to nothing. The lesson would be wasted on the frozen dead, but Yesuge knew the Tartar tribes would not miss the significance. They would find the blackened bones when the spring came, and they would know not to raid his herds again. Yesuge chuckled, making the Tartar warrior frown as they stared at each other. No, they would not learn. Tartars could starve to death deciding on a mother's tit. They would be back, and he would ride out to them again, killing even more of their dishonest blood. The prospect pleased him. He saw that the Tartar who had challenged him was young— Yesuge thought of the sun being born to him over the hills to the east and wondered if he too would face a grizzled, older warrior across the length of a sword one day. "'What is your name?' Yesuge said. The battle had finished around them, and already his Mongols walked among the corpses, taking anything of use. The wind still roared, but the question was heard, and Yesuge saw a frown pass across the face of his young enemy." "'What is yours, yak penis?' Yesuge chuckled, but his exposed skin was beginning to ache, and he was tired. They had tracked the raiding party for almost two days across his land, going without sleep and surviving on nothing more than a handful of wet milk curd each day. His sword was ready to take another life, and he raised the blade. "'It does not matter, boy. Come to me.' The Tartar warrior must have seen something in his eyes that was more certain than an arrow. He nodded, resigned. "'My name is Temujin Uga,' he said. "'My death will be avenged. I am the son of a great house.' He dug in his heels, and his mount surged at Yesuge. The Han's sword whipped through the air in a single stroke of perfect economy. The body fell at his feet, and the pony bolted across the battleground. "'You are carrion, boy,' Yesuge said, "'as are all men who steal from my herds.' He looked around him at his gathered warriors. Forty-seven had left their gear tents to answer his call. They had lost four of their brothers against the ferocity of the Tartar raid, but not one of twenty Tartars would return home. The price had been high, but the winter drove men to the edge in all things. "'Strip the bodies quickly,' Yesuge ordered. "'It is too late to return to the tribe. We will camp in the shelter of the rocks.' Valuable metal and bows were much prized for trade and to replace broken weapons. Except for the chainmail vest, the pickings were poor, confirming Yesuge's thought that this was simply a party of young warriors out to skirmish and prove themselves.' They had not planned to fight to the death on earth as hard as stone. He draped the bloody metal garment over his saddle horn when it was thrown to him. It was of good quality and would stop a dagger's blow at least. 
He wondered who the young warrior had been to own such a valuable thing, turning his name over in his mind. He shrugged. It no longer mattered. He would trade his share of their ponies for strong drink and furs when the tribes met to trade. Despite the cold in his bones, it had been a good day. The storm had not eased by the following morning when Yesuge and his men returned to the camp. Only the outriders moved lightly as they rode, staying alert against sudden attack. The rest were so bundled in furs and weighed down with looted goods that they were shapeless and half-frozen, rhymed in dirty ice and grease. The families had chosen their site well. Against the lee of a craggy hill of rock and wind-blasted lichen, the gares almost invisible in the snow. The only light was a dim brightening behind boiling clouds, yet the returning warriors were spotted by one of the sharp...